Gents, it is Tuesday night. It is the SummerSlam results show. SummerSlam took place this past Saturday from the, nice, from the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? How was your weekend? Very good, man. Very I know, good. I know you had an event for one on, uh, I believe, Saturday, was it? Or Sunday? Um, it was it was Saturday. Right on. But, uh, yeah, we had a dad and I went to a car show. Oh, so that was, that was cool. fun. All right, that's all right. Um, and it's then, like it's uh, like a car show or like a race, a race. Like uh, um, it was, it was a, uh, it was a, it was at a racetrack. So um, but it, it was it was specifically for Porsches. Oh, okay, cool. But it was really cool. Right on. So, um, yeah, my uh, weekend was fun. Now, you already know I watch my creepy movies. Yes, you scared with, the shit out of me okay. earlier with, with, <laughs> it, with its demented cousin. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I don't want to bloom, and no, I don't care how much you fucking float. Now off the, now off air, I asked you about Jake Snake Roberts, and I'm going to tell you, like, for all the for as much uh, scary movies as I watch on Tubi, for as much scary movies as I watch on Tubi, there's a lot of uh, wrestling content on there as well. And I was asking you if you knew anything about Jake Snake Roberts, uh, like recently. I asked that because one of the videos I was actually watching uh, this past week was the resurrection of Jake Snake. I've seen that. That is such a Great uh, documentary. I really enjoyed that. Um, yes, and especially, uh, especially since it got a happy ending. Because I'll tell you what, the beginning part of it, you feel bad for the guy. Yeah, the beginning was uh, was terrible. He was uh, he was a mess in the beginning. So like, I was happy to see like everything like working out for him in the end. Yeah, it's one. It's actually. Um, uh, no, no joke, one of my favorite wrestling documentaries. And the other documentary I saw was The Price of Fame, Ted DiBiase. Well, and that one had to be somewhat sad as well. Have you, have you seen that one? Uh, no, but I'm going to Oh, I'm, that one, you know, if you, if there's one documentary you gotta watch, it's that one because if I, if I was a fan of Ted DiBiase before, I now I'm looking at him completely different. Like after watching this, it was such a great documentary. Everything he went through and like all the everything his wife had to put up with with him always being on the road and he he oh, uh, he had a like he had a meet up with his sons and he talked about all the mistakes he made and apologized for all the mistakes and everything. All the like I guess. Everything, all the problems that they caused being on the road and away from home all the time. Oh, so um, what what was it like like cheating on his life and drugs? No, and no, stuff? no, no, just uh, being on the road, I guess, and getting caught up in the whole million dollar man character and stuff. But yeah. um, do you know what the million dollar man character is based on? No, sir. The million dollar man is. A parody of Vince McMahon. Oh, I I didn't know that, but that, 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 that is why um 
they gave Ted DiBiase that uh, character, the Million Dollar Man, and uh, the money he had, Vince literally gave him like a handful of money, and uh, that was part of his uh, character. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's absolutely unreal. Yeah. So those are two great documentaries that if anyone hasn't seen, watch them. They're they're on Tubi, and uh, they're both uh, really great. What two of my favorites? Yeah. Um, well, I I definitely I definitely want to see the Ted DiBiase one because I I have mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one, but yeah, the Jake Roberts one was fantastic. Um. So I, I'll tell you what else was, was fantastic, my friend. Wrestling the last couple of days between between Saturday, Saturday at SummerSlam and hanging out last night watching Raw. Okay, okay, fans, hold on. I just have to mark this date down on my iPad here. Let's see. It is... Tuesday, August 2nd, my co-host said that he enjoyed Raw last night. I did. (laughs) What is going on? And and I am, I am literally floored that I'm coming on here saying that. Um, But I honestly did, you know, and we have, we have quite a bit to get into, folks, and, and especially with with SummerSlam, we're going to get into plenty of detail because, you know, that being a pay-per-view review, we go over everything yep. uh, versus just the highs and lows. But, um, you, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've said, you know, there's nothing that I would, I would like better than to come on here and tell you that WWE had a really good week. Well, t- 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 tonight is that night where I can tell you that. This is going to be a different kind of show. I I thoroughly enjoy myself. Yeah, I mean, you got the sleepless shirt, sun's out, guns out. I'm feeling pretty good. So we're we're getting ready to roll tonight for sure. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Let's get on with the show here. Uh, We're going to be into uh, SummerSlam 2022. Absolutely. Okay, this show, Ben. Now, you know what? Okay. And I'll tell you. Two, two of the main, two of the high points of the show, okay? And I'll, I'm going to explain Edge's entrance, okay? Yeah. And Brock Lesnar coming in, driving in on the tractor, okay? And yes. what, he, what he did with lifting the ring. On Facebook, some people, if, if they don't like having fun, just say that because they said that Edge's entrance was too cartoonish, and Brock lifting up the ring with the tractor was so cartoonish. Okay, well, like, you know, that's what? your that's your opinion, but I I thought it was fantastic, especially. I, I'm like, do you like having fun? The guy was having fun. He's been having fun uh, with this uh, latest, with this most recent run that he's been on. Yeah, this cowboy Brock shit is is honestly really fun. Like, gee, like, <laughs> see, that's the problem with people today. No one knows how to have fun anymore. Well, certainly in the wrestling community. No, I mean, um, I know how to have fun. Ben, do you know how to have fun? I know how to have fun. I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. 
All right. Well, there we go. That's all that matters. Yeah, if if everyone else doesn't know or like having fun, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I'll I'll tell you what. I mean, I was I was enjoying myself tremendously watching SummerSlam and uh, Monday Night Raw. Okay, I have to ask you, Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. Did she look all Hulk Hoganish with the red and yellow? <laughs> um. Yeah, a little bit. I was I was concerned about her, and it, it turned out that she did get legitimately injured. I know um, she uh, separated her shoulder. Yes, um, and um, but so that that lends nicely into excuse me that lends nicely into the first match of the evening, which of course was Bianca Belair. This um, was a great match versus Becky. Um, oh. You know, and and the thing is, I was concerned at first, Elliot, because for some reason, don't ask me why, but I had a nagging suspicion that they were going to have Becky Lynch beat Bianca in 26 seconds. Right. I I, I thought so many times they came, that she came close to like, uh, it looked like they were going to have her beat Bianca. I'm like, no, no, because I picked Bianca to win. Yeah, and um, and I did too. Um, so I'm I'm glad that they uh, didn't do that. And um, you know, s- certain spots of the match, um, I was a little bit uh, concerned because it looked like maybe their timing was off just a little bit. So, but to back up what you were saying about this being an overall very good match, I really liked uh, some of the spots that they did. Um. Michael, how about that Spanish fly? That well, that was that was amazeballs, especially oh, especially considering that it was a it was a counter out of the manhandle slam oh. off of the um, second rope, and that was I mean Bianca Belair has everything that it takes to be like a prime time player for years to come i absolutely love uh what what she brings to the table um and um especially now that her promos uh are gonna be like loosened up along with everybody else's Mm -hmm. now that triple h is in charge and it doesn't have to be so corny and you know because oh a lot, a lot of people fall under this category, but Bianca um, was starting to fall into it as well. A lot of her promos were corny, um, and and it it just I don't think it did justice to her ability or her character. So I'm really looking forward to uh, you know to seeing what she can do with this new opportunity. But that being said, her ability in and out of the ring, tremendous. Now, you know, and and same with Montez Ford. Speaking of her husband, you know that guy has every, like he's he, there's an old saying being a five tool player. That that guy has it all. So I'm excited. Now, after the match, I literally lost my shit because I'm sitting there, and as soon as I saw Bailey walk out, I jumped out of my seat, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, well, and, and that, go, that goes to what, to what I was going to say um, as, as well. 
you know, the match itself was was fine, especially the the ending bits. It took a little while for it to get going, but the middle and the end of the match were actually kidding. Uh, uh, good to great, in my opinion. Um, and um, but the ending is really where the story um is where really where the story picks up. And by the so, way, this is where people are stupid because the old. Uh, regime rejected this idea yeah i i don't i don't know but the, there was one aspect of it that kind of like grr but oh. it's it seems like a, it, it it seems like a minor complaint with with what they pulled off but let's uh, let's paint the picture so, so so the match ends um and um like like i said it, the the sequence that ended it was um, Becky Lynch was going for a manhandle slam that was reversed into a Spanish fly, followed up quickly by uh, Bianca hitting a beautiful KOD. Absolutely beautiful. A little bit of extra impact on that move um, from what I usually see from the KOD, which was nice. Um, and then, uh, and then after the match, I was a little bit dubious because. Uh, you know, Becky went to shake Bianca's hand and she's kind of looking, you know, look at her like, what, what, you know, consider, considering how, you know, she's been this golem level heel the last couple months and like, my precious and, you know, all all this other (laughs) stuff, uh, you know, attacking her, um, attacking her opponents as if they're hobbits at the Shire, Um, you know, but Baggins, Shire, Becky, it just wasn't working for me. Um, but anyway, so so with all that being said, you know, uh, Bianca was a little bit dubious, and but she finally went to shake her. Uh, she finally goes and and they they shake hands, and um, and Becky gets out of the ring. And so, so I guess that Becky is now heel. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Becky is now a face. Um, uh, of, unfortunately, that got sidetracked a little bit with the shoulder injury, but hopefully she won't be out too long uh, since it's only a separated shoulder, but I don't know what the recovery is for that. But then, as, as you were saying, Elio, that's when shit got interesting because then then Becky's music hits, and the setup for the SummerSlam, uh, you know, walkway in this stadium uh, was really, really cool. They had like this long walkway, almost like almost like WrestleMania length, and it, and it has this um, it had this curve, and then and then you go straight up to the ring after you round the corner, and it, it was just a really cool setup. Um, and so Becky comes out, or I'm sorry, Bailey comes out. All these bees, shut down. Becky, Bailey, Bianca, what's you know, no wonder I get tongue tied. Yeah. Um, but uh, so out comes Bailey with with this all white outfit, and uh, and and um, Bianca's all happy to see her, like you know, and then and, sorry, and, ben, and ben? yeah. Recovery time for a separated shoulder. 
She doesn't need surgery, right? I, I don't know. Okay, without surgery, it's within 2 to 12 weeks. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I'm, I'm not really sure if she needs surgery or not. I didn't hear the word surgery. But she, she came out in the sling, so yeah. uh, we'll see what happens there. All right, um, so continue. Bailey comes out, and Bianca's all happy. Yeah, and then um, and then Billy was like, you know, did you did you real, did you forget about me and all this other stuff? And then and then um, and then another another you know music hits, and out comes uh, Dakota Kai, <laughs> and, and it was at it was at this point. Where I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because Dakota Kai had been released from the company, um, you know, with the last round of budget cuts, courtesy of John Warren Agnes and Vincent Man, good riddance to you. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. now we just gotta get now we just gotta get Bruce out of there and press the beaver. The beave. Kevin Dunn. Um, I think he's on his way out, thank Christ. Um, but anyway, um, can you see how happy I am with this new regime already? <laughs> I love this. And you can Bad, see my co-host is like a little kid on Christmas morning opening his presents. I know, and, and especially with um with SummerSlam and what we saw with Raw, like I thought it would take, uh, I thought it would take um, much longer to start seeing change because I'm like, well, they have such a mess to clean up, uh, but they're uh, they're really getting started with um, with it in the right way. So new regime, new hope, I guess. Right, so like, Dakota Kai's out. So so Dakota Kai comes out, and then I'm like, oh, holy shit, you know. We got we got Bailey and Dakota Kai, and then this is and sorry we also have our producer cutting in, interrupting you. How rude, sir! Yes. So I'm just uh, letting you know that uh, he cut in and and uh, interrupted you. Yes. So um, and then out comes Io Shirai. But it, I was I was momentarily confused because they were referring to her as Eo Sky. We get the yet the name on the um on the Titan Tron was still Eo Shirai. So they changed her ring name to Eo Sky, which was confirmed when she came out on Monday with the with the new Titan Tron. Yep. And and I personally you know, I hate it when they change names. I, I, I do. So regardless of um, regardless of regime, whether it's Triple H or Vince McMahon, um, that's just uh, WWE-ism that I hate. However, I, was, I, was, I was looking up Io Shirai, sorry. I was looking up Io Shirai. Yes. So, of course, that's not her name, but... Uh, and I'm sure her sister doesn't have a name, but um, her sister goes by the ring name Mio Shirai, and they were in a 
faction called the Triple Tail, along with Asuka in Japan, prior to Io Shirai showing up in WWE. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize Io Shirai had a sister who was a wrestler. Yeah, and she, well, she's a retired wrestler, now a referee, and went by the ring name Mio Shirai. I'm going to look that up now, because I'm, I'm... Yeah, I, I, I know... Aside from Wikipedia, I, I like actually looked it up on multiple sites. Uh, well, that that that's awesome. I didn't, I did not know that. I'm a little uh, floored, but um, uh, no, actually, it's saying. That, hold on, hang on. What the? Oh, um, hang on. On the fly research. Do you see it? Um, I'm I'm working on it. Hold on. All right. And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to uh, actually. I'm gonna. Much like you, yeah. I what doesn't matter which regime it is. I really hate when WWE changes the wrestling. Oh yeah, name. look at that. Okay, okay, I see it now. Yeah, there you go. That's funny. So yeah, like you, it doesn't matter which regime it is. I hate when they change the wrestler's name, especially if it's not even the wrestler's real name, like Io Shirai. But I mean, listen to the title of her theme song from NXT, Genius of the Sky, but still, there's no reason to change your name, but we'll see what they do, what happens. But that, I mean, that that seems more minor compared to what they pulled yeah. off, because Dakota Kai, Bailey, and Io Shirai, all either back or now debuting on the main roster, I mean, how bad did the, the, did the women's division need this? Oh. And, and it, you know, yeah, it was, that's why compared to like uh, what we saw on Raw, on uh, Raw, I um, this is just a minor detail. I'm gonna just like let it go. Yeah, yeah, and 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 usually, you know, in all fairness, we we wouldn't do that because when it was, you know, on other occasions when they do these name changes, I blow a gasket. But con- considering what considering what they came out with. Uh, on Raw last night, I'm not going to complain. And, and, but, fan, um, and fans are probably are probably like, "Well, go on, get on with the Raw review. Relax. It's a slow build, not like the old regime where they would uh, blow, ruin everything all at once." Yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> this, this is this is what we call, you know, building to the climax of the situation. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a it's like a good movie. You gotta work with us, you know. Right. All right. Um, before we do have to go into commercial, Ben, let's get into the next match. Or do you have anything else for this one? No, I'm I'm good. All right. So next match, we had Logan Paul defeating the Miz. Logan Paul did better than I thought he would, and I wasn't even looking forward to this match at all. Especially no. especially with the whole storyline they had going. Like I no. No, I, uh, you know, I was dubious when they signed Logan Paul to a deal. Um, 
I don't know if 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 they're gonna assign him to a long term deal now or because the impression. Well, didn't, didn't you see uh, what he's the video he uh, did on uh, Raw? Well, yeah, yes. But so yeah. so he, now he's saying that he's angling toward a you know toward a longer term deal. Um, so we'll see what happens there. So you know, but as is usually the case, I am. I am somewhat dubious when it comes to celebrity in-ring involvement when it comes to WWE. Yeah. Um, and I think my my um, dubious nature has been justified on the on the majority of cases. Um, but you know, uh, Logan Paul did, did a great job at WrestleMania in the in the tag team match, mm-hmm. and he did he did a really good job here. So. Um, I have I have no complaints, and and much like uh, Pat McAfee, he proved me wrong. And uh, speak and speaking of Pat McAfee, we'll we'll get into his match uh, when we get back from the break. Here, I'm I'm getting the final countdown from our executive producer. But yes, uh, Logan Paul um, definitely over delivered, and I I have no problem giving credit where it's due. He yep. absolutely he absolutely killed it, and if that's going to be indicative of of what he can bring to WWE, then I don't have a problem with that. Um, but uh, on a funny side note, uh, Elio was was telling me that uh, Triple H had no idea who Logan Paul was, <laughs> and and I and I was much in the same boat. Now I'm not going to say I hadn't heard his name, but if you'd asked me what Logan Paul was famous for. My answer was like, I don't know. <laughs> right? You know, I have no fucking clue. So with, uh, with that in mind, we will uh, step aside and then we'll be right back with the rest of our SummerSlam 2022 review. All right. Stay tuned, fans. All right. And we are back. And Ben, you were telling me that we're about to get into the lowest point. Yes. So so after the Logan Paul and the Miz match which was much better than it had any right to be mm-hmm. um you know i i give credit where it's still uh logan specifically surprised the hell out of me but but here's here's something that was just absolutely terrible so right after that a maximum male model segment airs oh i must have missed this one. Oh boy okay and, okay so it's it's confirmed that Max Dupree is st- is still involved with the gimmick. He showed he, he 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 showed up with his sister Maxine Dupree, and and Marce and Mansois, right? <laughs> so they they are um, it's pretty much free advertising for Pure Life Water. And oh I, I will never drink pure life water again in my entire <laughs> life. Did they, use, did they use their stupid catchphrase? Yes. Oh, because because they're, they're pouring the water all over their, you know, their, uh, their bodies that are supposed oh. to... T- that are supposed to titillate our, no. uh, our desires. No. Or whatever the fuck the catchphrase is. Oh. So it's, it was pretty much a male wet t shirt contest. If it was Maxine Dupree, that's different. <laughs> I mean, come on. But no, I want to see 
once one must see doing that. Yeah, I see you free, yes, that's fine. <laughs> Well, I, I I would tend to agree, but but no, this was this was disgusting, and this did not need to need to be the case um, oh at God. all. I can't believe we missed this on the WPOV okay, which is might be a good thing actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this statement was just terrible. But the the biggest thing that I took out of it is that uh, Max Dupree. The former LA Knight is still involved in the gimmick, so I kind of feel bad for him. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, because Masai and Mansoir, I even feel bad for you. Right. I, you know, it's just terrible. And then match-wise, um, you know, we got our first low point of the evening. Oh yeah. Um, yeah largely, well, largely, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Largely, it was harmless. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was bad in in an offensive way, but but considering how much they're pushing uh, theory with this money in the bank briefcase, um, I don't like the fact that he's losing all the time, and especially um, especially the way in which he he lost. Here to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, now, he, on, on the apron, from the apron, he rolls through into the ring, right into the hurt lock. <laughs> what? And and I'm trying to get the official time on on this match. Let's oh, see if I can. Let me see if I can pull it up as well. I'm curious. Four thirty-eight. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, because I remember now. Yeah. Um, and it was it, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't bad in terms of being like offensive. But, um, you know, it's just considering the theory is the money in the bank winner, you know, and the fact that he hasn't won a match since he, he got the money in the bank thing, which he was, he was hardly in that match, in the money in the bank match at all before he won. And he was in there for like 30 seconds of the entire thing at the end. Um, which that part, to be clear, I didn't have a problem with because he's a heel, and and that's what heels do. So pr- don't get confused. I didn't have a problem with, um, with 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 the execution of theory winning. I just had a problem with theory winning because I was concerned that they were going to put the title on him, and I'm still concerned about that. Uh, coming up at Clash of the Castle. We'll get into that a little bit later. Ben, I'm going to have to do a small detour because um, a message just came in through the WPOV account uh, as a, as an idea for hot tag uh, news. And I want to get your answer to this question, which leads into our next match. Okay. Oh, God. So, the good hot tag news question, courtesy of Josh Sanders, is... Is Logan Paul better than Dominic Mysterio already? Yes. <laughs> from an from an in ring perspective, yes. Now, now, to be fair, Dominic paid his dues in a, in a much quicker, more convincing fashion than than has Logan Paul. Just just based off of the fact that he took an absolute pulverizing at the hands of Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy at the time yeah. uh, with, with those kendo sticks. 
Uh, after I after I saw that, I'm like, okay, if, if that is um, if that was uh, Dominic's welcome into WWE, I never want to hear again that he didn't pay his dues to get in there because they legitimately, for real, beat his ass. There, there's nothing fake about those candlesticks, ladies and gentlemen. If you could have seen the, the pictures of that kid, not even just his back, but his entire body. And, and wasn't that uh, the one where Rollins was uh, mocking him saying and talking to Ray saying, hi, dad? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but, but so in that regard, Don definitely paid his dues. Mm-hmm. Um, but from, from an in-ring perspective to this point, um, Logan Paul has, has definitely um, proven himself the better. As, okay. uh, which, which I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, I, I, this, this, is, this is a groundbreaking addition on episode 207 of our show. Right. You know, we're, we're just a, like a month under four years of coming in here. I don't think I've ever been so surprised to say some of the shit that I'm saying tonight. But, <laughs> but like, like, I, like I said, folks, whether, whether I like something, whether I don't, regardless of, of how I feel about something, you know, I'm always going to try to be honest with you and, and, and shoot you straight because that's how I want people to c- conduct themselves with me. You know, you know what, Ben? Actually, speaking of that, I believe our season finale is on August twenty seventh. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense because we started because uh, uh, episode one was on September the first, I believe. Or was uh, it September the seventh? It, it was September seventeenth. Okay. Well, either way, uh, our uh, yeah, the season finale is on August twenty sixth. And then we come back in September on the third, on the sorry, on the, yeah, on the third. Yeah, well, that that might be a little bit challenging because I'm, I'm I'm I know it I know it's going to be a big show and stuff like that, but I'll have to get back to you on that because that's the first day of my vacation. Yep. No, I'm saying that, like uh, that's uh that's uh, when our season finale is at the end of August. Okay. So yeah, yeah that, that question is perfect because it uh, leads into our next match, the Mysterios and the Judgment Day. So, to be honest with you, I I really wasn't interested in the match at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that's not a fault of any of the participants. It's just I wasn't interested in in the build or or you know execution or anything like that. Uh, it just wasn't my thing. Um, and then, you know, and then everybody was like, well, Edge is coming back. I'm like, that part I'm good with, but the, the Eiffel match, I'm not really invested in because how often have we seen it? You know, you, you can't be giving us like versions of matches like for four weeks and then deliver it on the pay-per-view and then expect me to be excited about it. So that's that's something that I hope changes under the new regime. Because keep keep in mind, keep in mind, 
Triple H was not in complete control of the show until Monday Night Raw. SummerSlam was already in development before um, before Vince exited. So Triple H was not responsible for all of this. Um, so, um, yeah, but, but skipping to the part where I did get interested, when, uh, when Edge had the entrance, um, and, and came up out of the fire. And, on, and, how, how cool was that? Yeah, I mean, it looked all brutish and it was, I mean, that was cool as fuck. Honestly. Like, I don't know what, what, uh, people... What the problem people had with that entrance was, because I thought it was fine. I mean, they they thought it was they didn't have a problem with it during the Attitude Era. Yeah, well, uh, and and I thought it was awesome. I I honestly did, and um, you know, and with the with the with okay, the here, here we go. I'm sorry. I I have the the little the post uh, up about Edge's uh, entrance. Okay. So. It says, uh, let's see where, okay. Rhea Ripley outside the ring has more charisma and physical presence than the chubby green awkward and charisma challenge Dominic Mysterio, who looks like a high school sophomore getting a push because of his daddy. And the silly entrance of Edge with talk of demons and such had to thrill the eight-year-olds in the audience and those stunted at that age. A whole lot of talent involved for ultimately a nothing bout. Two and a half stars. Well, and I I I agree with the last part of that with 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 it really being a nothing match. Yeah. It it was there for Edge to come back and and start building up the storyline to dismantle Judgment Day. Yeah, so that but, was, but but to call that just entrance silly. Well, that that's just. That's just idiotic, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, um, like, I but, said, um, like I said, if you don't like having fun, just say that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but to our earlier point, like after after the Logan Paul match, things went downhill for a little bit in this show, okay. um, and um, and cer- and certainly that was. That was the case before Edge came out and uh, helped the Mysterios get the victory over the Judgment Day. And then, and then as you'll see uh, when we get over to the Raw review, um, we saw more of, of that storyline unfold mm-hmm. last night. Um, but ho- we'll hold off on that till we get into the Raw review. Um, so, so then we had. Um, Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. Oh, and yeah. um, I am a huge fan of Pat McAfee. I absolutely am. I think he's great. Um, you know, his, his match with um, with uh, Adam Adam Cole NXT uh, oh. TakeOver 20, I think it was I think it was NXT or 30. I, I think I think it might have I think it might have been thirty. I'm never gonna get that up. Um, <laughs> you go go on. I'll, I'll look it up for you. Go on. But um, so so the the entrance was awesome when he had the um 
when he had the choir singing bum ass Corbin to to, uh, <laughs> that was to, great. to Happy Corbin as he was trying to get how it, great was that into the ring. So that was that was funny. So um, but the the um, performance by McAfee uh, was not up to par with what he usually brings to the table. And um, in, in all fairness. I want to see if I can I can find what he had to say about that because because I noticed him um, like adjusting the ropes um, and and trying to gain his balance, but you know if this guy wasn't you know uh, you know wasn't on top of his shit um, in, in terms of being able to to regain his balance. That that Swanton bomb thing or the Swanton bamboonie or whatever you fucking called it, uh, that could have killed him. And I want to see if I can um find his statement on uh, on SummerSlam. Okay, on your okay, so that's in your house. Um, what's next? We had ah okay, and then let's see something here. So then it was NXT Takeover Thirty where Adam Cole faced Pat McAfee. Okay, cool. Um, he he said it on on his show. I just want to see if I can find it. Um, all right uh so actually we're gonna we're gonna hit pause because yeah, yeah let's hit pause uh, while we uh look that up all right we found the uh, statement pat mcfee uh had on uh his SummerSlam match with uh baron corbin ben Right, so he's acknowledging that he had some something of an off night compared to what we've seen him do in, in the past. So what he said that, that he called it the, the Swanton Bambini. Yes. So so um he, Pat McAfee said the following about SummerSlam. He go and I quote I did do the, the Swanton Bambini. I will say I did not expect the ring post to look the way they looked when I was climbing up there. There were some moments in that match where I was like uh should have prepared differently. Um, for for instance, uh, walking into the stadium, I took a nice deep breath of the humid air. It was thick, sauna thick. It was supposed to rain. Uh, projections of the weather for two weeks, a week out, even the morning of, rain is coming. Whenever it's hot and rain is coming, that means it's humid as fuck. I didn't think about that as I was training in my basement and air conditioning. That hit me day of. This is not in an arena or enclosed. It's going to be hot as fuck. I'm walking around sweating and haven't done anything. I started to hydrate, hammer water, and Gatorade. And and the and the other the other thing that he uh, didn't mention there um, was. 
you, if you go back and watch the match, you can literally see him uh, trying to, to uh, adjust the ropes as he's climbing up um, to do um, to do a move, and he botched several moves, including the aforementioned um, Salonton Bambini. I hope we never have to call it that again. <laughs> uh, and then. Um, and then he also botched the, uh, the the ending move. It looked it looked like it was supposed to be a Canadian destroyer or almost like a Panama Sunrise okay. off off the ropes, but it, it just it didn't come off right, and you know it just kind of looked awkward for the finish of the match. So you know, I'm like, listen, by no means am I going to eviscerate Pat McAfee. I love what he brings to the table. Um, I, I've loved his in-ring work so far. I've loved his commentary. You know, he just had an off night, and uh, you know, and who and who knows? Uh, the the ropes. I think the ropes legitimately were a problem because you could see that he legitimately lost his balance before executing the swanton. And um, I, I'm just glad that he was able to catch himself before that turned absolutely catastrophic. Because I was, I was concerned. You know, I've, uh, I, I may have mentioned this before in, in past shows, but I actually had a had an incident with one of my friends at the um, at one of the shows for the company that I'm associated with um, oh. a, a few years ago, and he um, and he went to do a, he went to do a dive from the inside to the outside of the ring, okay. and his and his foot. Um, got caught on the top rope on uh-huh. on on his way out, and and as a result, he tore his his ACL like like less than five feet in front of me. Oh wow! And okay. and you, you I mean you could hear the smack on the floor, and you you knew instantly that that he had tore his ACL from the way his knee hit. Because you could you could hear it, you could hear the snap. I mean, it, it was just nasty. So uh, I'm glad that Pat was able to avoid something like that. But mm-hmm. um, but long story short, this was not his best showing, and and I, I'm not necessarily even blaming him for that. You know, because because you, you you the same can be said for for Logan Paul as as well, right? So. So as as much as we we are are hesitant to accept celebrities within the in ring realm of WWE or anywhere else, um, they also can't be held to the same standards as a full time professional wrestler. They just can't. So th- this this kind of stuff's going to happen. And with everything else that Pat McAfee brings to the table, I'm not I'm not going to rail him for one bad night. Yeah. Um, so move, moving on, we get um, the tag team titles: Usos versus Street Profits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 th- and this was also. It's gonna it's gonna sound wrong because the match was by no means bad. It was it was it was good. But I have to give it a low point because it was nowhere it was nowhere near the money in the bank 
match. I mean, the money no. in the bank. The money. That was the, great. The money in the bank match was like match of the year candidate for WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, in in my opinion. And there was just something that that wasn't clicking with this match. So while it was by no means bad, it just it it, it didn't belong on the pay per view in comparison to what they had on the on the previous pay per view. Now, now hopefully we're done with this repetitive tag team booking now, and we right. can move, we can move past you know. The, the individual members of the team having singles matches again and again between all, you know, yeah. all four combinations of them, leaving it up to the pay-per-view. And then we have the actual match at a pay-per-view, but then we have a rematch at the next pay-per-view and a rematch at the next pay-per-view and a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Hopefully we're done with that because I don't really have, uh, I, I don't really see a need for that. There, there was a report, ladies and gentlemen, and I think it, it bears relevance based on the fact that we have watched and paid attention to these shows for as long as we have. There was a report um, about a week ago or something that, uh, that Vince would book things and not even remember that he had booked it several times before, uh, regardless of how many times People told him that he did. He would still insist on doing that match. Well, that's why I stopped rewriting shows over and over and over. It's just, you know, and I think I think this is a prime example of that when you look at the tag team situation. But, um, you know, I'm a massive fan of both uh, the Usos and the Street Profits. So, um, you know, I I have faith that they're, they're going to come back and, and deliver something great. Uh, now, I know it's, I know we just took a commercial break, but once again, my uh, executive producer um, is, is signaling to me that we have to be on our way uh, out before we move on to the next match. Yeah, well, um, and uh, we're almost done our uh, summer sun review, actually. And, uh, almost, next one, next one, we'll be heading into Raw. Absolutely. So uh, stay, stay tuned for that. We'll be right back to finish up SummerSlam. All right, we're back in uh, our next matchup. For me, this was uh, a low point because the, the, this was confusing, especially the ending. Liv Morgan defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. This, the end was so weird. Yes, and... Um... I actually read a report about that right before uh, we came on the air the oh, first time. Okay. The oh. first time, um, apparently the the ending of that match was was changed and the the, the match was like cut short. Oh, I I read um, that that it was cut short, but uh, what what was it like the change and stuff? Um. Well. Th- most likely the most likely the time because it was only like four minutes thirty five seconds, but that's because apparently the uh, Logan Paul and and the Miz match had gone long, so they had to make up time. Okay. So uh, that's why I know um, you said the ending of the match. Why was there an original ending? Uh, if if I if I said that I misspoke. 
I, I just I just meant like the length and presentation of the match. Okay, I understand. All right. Um. Yeah. So there's really not much for me to say here except that that ending was very confused, and this for me was uh, the the uh, one of the low points on this card. But how fun was the main event? <laughs> oh man, that was that was so much fun. And let me just say one more thing about um about Liv Morgan in general. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, of course, nobody would nobody would believe that 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 Liv Morgan can beat Ronda Rousey without some sort of, you know, bullshittery and buffoonery. We 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 <laughs> understand we we understand that. Um, it's just, but but at the same time, it's like we have to acknowledge this because. You know, it's like WWE does this. They they have a history of, of doing this, and and this is one of the things that I that I need either need changed, or you know you you don't put Liv Morgan in a situation until she's built up, where it obviously looks like she's going to get destroyed, as was the case with um, with Ronda Rousey. Um, you know, it's just. Um, I had the nasty suspicion that Rousey was going to end up winning anyway because 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 of that same thought process. I thought there's no way that that you know Morgan matches up with Rousey without getting her ass kicked, mm-hmm. and you know I, I thought Liv Morgan as a result was just going to be a transitional champion. Now. Part of me is is happy that she's not because it, it then gives gives them an opportunity to build her up and we get the, the new star that we've been begging for and I'm and I'm happy for Liv Morgan. I I, I truly am. It's just the, the execution of it was a little bit was a little bit lacking. Yeah. Um now let's get into the really fun stuff. Now, again the end of this match with Brock in this tractor. I'm gonna have to read this comment because Ben, you're not gonna believe this. Okay, are you ready? What? Wait, give me a minute here. Let me just pull the comment up because I have it in front of me. Right. All right. So here we go. The comment means like this. So basically, that whole tractor truck ring destruction deal was elaborate smoke and mirrors to protect Brock Lesnar, who is being paid millions and lost yet again to Golden Boy Reigns. When Reigns walked down the aisle, the falling reigning announcers talked him up like Jesus had been resurrected, so it's clear who their guy is. But they just couldn't bury Brock with a clean pin, so they literally buried him with furniture. Spin it any way you want. It went from brawl to cartoon, and for at least some of us, it was an insult to our intelligence. Well, I agree with 95% of that comment. I don't think it was an insult to the intelligence. And and I also think that at this point, with the um with the bloodline. Uh, being built up the way that it has, and and with this being a, a no disqualification match, and with Lesnar being who he is, you know, th- this is the way that you tell the story of 
of the, the final battle between Lesnar and Reigns. I think I think what they did here was different. I thought it was I thought it was fucking fun as fuck. Now hold that uh, that, to, that that one uh, that one um when the when the camera f- uh was frozen right on the ring as it was all collapsed uh, to one side. That looked yeah. like that looked like an image from a video game. Yeah, it really. That did. Was, it was so cool the way they did that. Yeah, uh, I agree. And um, you know, I I I wish that, that they hadn't uh, you know relied on Lesnar so much to you know to get them through this really. Um, bad injury period. We had uh, Cody Rhodes. We had, uh, you know, Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, both guys were, were supposed to be in a, in a program, whether, whether it was in, independently or um, together, I don't know, but uh, they were supposed to be in a program with uh, Reigns going into SummerSlam and then that got derailed by, uh, by uh, Randy's injury, so they brought brought back in. Um, but but the other thing, the other thing that I liked that I want to call attention to, um, because I talked about being nervous about this on the SummerSlam pre-show, I thought this was a tailor-made situation for Theory to come in and cash his money in the bank uh, briefcase in. So while I'm happy that he was in, involved in some way in trying to cash it in, um, which made perfect sense, by the way, it, it does. I, I just I just don't think it, it 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 was the right time to give Theory the title because he doesn't need it because he's only 24 and you can build him up so much more. And certainly the way to build up a uh, Money in the Bank briefcase winner is not by having them lose eight consecutive times after winning it, which is exactly what they're doing with with a theory at the moment. He hasn't won in eight straight matches. He hasn't won since getting the briefcase in a match that he barely participated in. Um, so, um, so I'm really glad that they didn't pull the trigger, and thank you, Triple H, for that. Um, but the way that the way that he was involved in it. And, you know, just by telling the story of how much it took to take Lesnar out, um, you know, I thought that that was very well played. And I also thought it was very well played by Brock to bring so much to the table because he knew what he was going in there to face um, coming at SummerSlam because you know that in a a no-disqualification match, you're going to have all this bullshittery with the Usos and, you know, and theory working at the edges with the money in the in the bank briefcase. So I mean I I I thoroughly enjoyed the execution and I would have taken this at WrestleMania because I thought their WrestleMania match, which was billed as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. It's not by the way. I could name five matches right off the top of my head that were fucking bigger than that one by a long shot. I could probably name ten, but I know I could name five right off the bat that were bigger than that one. Uh, Hogan and Andre, uh, both Taker versus Michaels, um, Brett and uh, Brett and, and Razor Ramon from WrestleMania ten, their ladder match. Brett Hart and Stone Cold from WrestleMania thirteen. 
Absolutely, and I, I would even go um, Bret Hart versus Owen at WrestleMania. Uh, was that WrestleMania nine or ten? I think ten, it was ten. 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 Yeah, I think it was ten. Um, but they did face each other again in SummerSlam '94. Well, I and, and um, we'll have to we'll have to do SummerSlam '94 soon as well. Have you, ever, have you ever seen it? No, I don't think oh, so. Okay, we need to get into that because we got Royal Rumble. I I love doing the ninety D the retro release here. Yeah, I I and 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 I love the King of the Ring ninety three, which we're gonna get into later. Um, but yeah, I I don't re- I don't really see uh what to what to complain about because you know if if I had been given this match at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, and and they would like, you know, this is the biggest one, this is the last one, then we're good. Um, but so was I excited about the match? No. Do I want to see Brock and Reigns again? No. Hell no. I didn't even want to see them have this match or the last three fucking matches they had. Um, which is no disrespect to uh to, to Roman or Brock, you know. I just, I just, I don't want to see the same match over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. Um, um, but having said all of that, with everything on the table, this match was fucking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, going back to WrestleMania, we're not even into WrestleMania nine. You're already talking about WrestleMania. We're not even into WrestleMania thirty nine. You're already talking about WrestleMania forty in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, that's be- well. Well, I wasn't surprised by that because they typically announce the locations. A couple no, 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 but I'm saying we're not even in anywhere near WrestleMania 39. You're already talking about WrestleMania 40. Yeah. Well, and they've done they've done that before. Yeah. I mean, who who would have thought that we'd be around? Who would have thought we'd be around to see WrestleMania 40? <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and, and I was I was. Even though I started watching wrestling when I was young, like really young, yeah. I was I was a very late bloomer when it came to to, to uh, pay per views. It never even crossed my mind to ask my I don't know why, but it did didn't even cross my mind to ask my parents to order me this or like you know yeah. I I didn't start getting pay per views until two thousand nine. My first one was SummerSlam 1992, and even then I didn't know what I was doing, like how I would do it. And I just basically followed the instructions. They're they're like, call your cable company and order it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's that's what I have to do. Yeah, well, luckily you don't have to call somebody that orders. You know, nowadays, I mean, you know, I I I would hazard a guess to say if. if if Triple H continues to be in charge and we continue on this current path we're on, I'd be less embarrassed. But at this point, with the years and years of events at the helm, I'd be embarrassed to admit to a person I didn't know that I was a wrestling fan. <laughs> they, they, might, they might think I was, I was, uh, you know, mentally incapacitated. All right. So is that all we have for SummerSlam? Yes, sir. All right, so overall, I give this show a B. I really had fun with this show. Yeah, I, w- I would give this show an A for sure. Absolutely. And I can't remember the last time I said that about a WWE pay-per-view. I, I can't either. 
So uh, good for WWE uh, Cam. Now I, I'm actually looking forward to the next pay-per-view. Uh, Clash of the Castle. Well, I mean, you know what? I was thinking of it because it's in, they said it's in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. I wonder because a couple of years back they were supposed to NXT take over NXT UK take over Cardiff. So I'm wondering if because they didn't have that one, they they decided to do a clash with the castle over there. Well, I don't know. Um I, that that's just a thought that came to my mind because when I heard Cardiff, I'm 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 pretty sure they did a Cardiff show in NXT though. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna take that off air next uh, next commercial. I'm gonna, I'll and take, and take speaking that. speaking of NXT, I had a I had an idea too because I was checking out a retro uh, takeover oh, uh, the okay. the other day. I had an idea. So with Triple H, um, with with Triple H taking over creative, see what I did there. Um, you know, I, I I thought it would be fun to start going over some of the retro takeovers. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would be really fun. Okay, um, yeah, there's really no change to, uh, okay, we're going to get into Raw, right? Yeah. There's really no change to main event. Uh, basically, you had T-Bar defeating Shelton Benjamin, Omas defeating Ezekiel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Omas is so stupid. Okay, so let's get into Monday Night Raw from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Now, the opening segment, I really enjoyed uh, Becky Lynch's uh, promo. Yeah, thank God she turned face and we don't have to deal with Gollum from Word of the Rings anymore. (laughs) My precious! The winner gets to face me! No. Oh my God! <laughs> Stop. Thank you so much. You know, uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry that she got hurt and it's going to be delayed a little bit, but I am so happy that I don't have to like, you know, because Becky Lynch was is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, which has been well documented on this podcast. Um, and I I am I am so thrilled that she does not have to deliver those god awful promos anymore. Okay, now, Ben, Yeah. this is the way matches are supposed to be done. A triple threat match on one side, triple threat match. Later on, the two winners face each other for the opportunity to face Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Not, yeah. these, not these stupid contender matches with the one wrestler facing the champion. And then you have to beat the champion or to face the champion. You know, it's just yeah. like... Thank, thank, thank you, Triple H, you know, because in that one video package, which was beautifully narrated Ooh, by... I really enjoyed that one. That was one, another highlight. That was definitely a highlight, and it, it was beautifully narrated by um, JBL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that video package, that highlighted the U.S. title more than it's been highlighted in the last decade and a half. Yep. I, I, I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. That, that sounds like I'm going overboard just because Triple H is in charge now with Vince and Bruce are soon to both go bye-bye. No, um, that, that is not an oversell courtesy of Triple H. 
That is, that, that, that's me telling you the truth. I can't begin to tell you the amount of times that I have forgotten who the U.S. champion is. Right? Uh, there were times when I even forgot. And I believe the last time that I that, that happened where Shinsuke had the title. No, no, sorry. Well, I, well that, that was no, Shinsuke. That was, that, that, that was the Intercontinental that was, title. Yeah, that, but I'm saying... But, like, but, the, but the same could be said for the Intercontinental well, title, but, too. But, so but if, I'm saying the last time that happened to me where I forgot who a champion was, Shinsuke had the Intercontinental title. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully both uh, mid-card titles will get some shine now, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. So, yes, that video package is definitely a high point. I really don't have – I really can't give you a low point because everything was just fun on this show. Uh, yeah, and uh, how, how fucking re- refreshing is this? Now, I, would, I have one low point. Okay. And that is Asuka versus Alexa Bliss, mm, okay. but but that's not that's not because of um, of them. I you know I, I mean, just I, I think I know what go on. I want to see if I'm right. Go on. That was just the amount of time and the fact that I can't take someone who whose gimmick revolves around a doll seriously. Okay, uh, because for me it it was that match. But Cody Graves is again he's getting on Alexa Bliss' case. Uh, was he? I see. I don't pay attention to the commentary. No, like I don't like like he he was like comparing Oscar and Alexa Bliss instead of focusing on the match. He was like talking about how Alexa Bliss is terrible and she's been terrible since returning and stuff. It's like, dude. well, well, he's not exactly lying. No, but I'm saying like uh, the last time he said something like that, like some list, like called him out and told him to stay in your lane. Well, you know, I, I I don't blame her for that, but you know, he's not exactly wrong. But I'm, I'm saying like uh, focus on the match. Uh, like, okay, we get it. Like, if she's not been the best since returning with the stupid Lily doll, but you know. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much, um, if I have to give a low light, it would be to that. Yeah, so my, my, I only had the one low point, but my high points were the, um, the AJ Styles, Ali, and the Miz, uh, triple threat, that ending with the 450 splash by uh, Ali, which was tra- which was transferred into a Styles splash <laughs> yep. by AJ Styles. That was awesome. That was what a fucking match. Can we get this AJ Styles every week and not the one that's <laughs> playing that's playing babysitter to uh, to um, Omas or having? Conversations about the size of each other's balls with the Miz, please. <laughs> right. I, I, uh, I can't. I can't believe Miz is still wearing that T-shirt. I can't even believe that T-shirt exists. I, I know. When you sent me a copy of that one, it, it burnt out my entire inbox. <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just this this match. Um, was really good, and as was um, 
Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins. Okay, that match was awesome. And that match really shows you what, um, what um, you know, uh, Montez Ford has to offer. Um, Montez acting a bit like a heel there, like uh, they were playing rock, paper, rock, scissors, and he just like uh, uh, grabbed the referee and like ran down to the ring. Yeah, absolutely, and that was a nice touch. <laughs> um, and then the other high point that I had was the other triple threat uh, with um, with Dolph Ziggler versus Champa versus Gable. Yep. Oh my God, so good. Shush. So so good. Shush, please. And then and then and then just the fact that the main event got nearly twenty minutes and was so good with Bianca Belair and Io Shirai, now Io Sky, has been absolutely fantastic. Um. Yeah, I, I really can't believe it, but, I mean, I don't have a low point here. Nope. Other than the one I just uh, mentioned. Um, ben, but, um, you know, you know, you know, you know how you can tell when the show is good? Yeah. I was sitting there. Three hours, where did it, three hours gone, where did it go? I don't know. Whereas before, I'd be sitting there tapping my watch, being like, is this over yet? Are we done? Yeah, I um, I just absolutely, uh, the, the amount of, the amount of time that I spent watching Raw, like for years, uh, you know, was just, it was just too much for my liking and with the, with the product being what it was, the three hours especially, it was like, oh my God, help me. And I really like the, all the backstage stuff, like when the Usos were walking in, uh, Control was uh, exiting, and like all the backstage uh, area stuff as well. Yeah, they, and the way, the, just, way that, the way that they built up uh, B- Bailey, EO, and... Um, Dakota, and then and then that uh, transferred into um, into EO facing Bianca. That was awesome. Now, now let me ask you: Did you did you get an NWO feel from vibe from this, like with the backstage attack on that Becky and such? Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that. right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I see. It. This was fun. Yeah, and, and it, it it's just such a refreshing change of pace. Yeah, but so, that, um, now well, we're done. We're done with Raw, and we actually had fun. Holy shit! We did. Uh, ben, um, before we get into time warp, I have a list for you. I'll be right back. Okay. All right, Ben. Before we get into time warp, I have a list of. Uh, WB songs ranked from 10 to 1. God. Now, I'm going to let it play and I'll play the, let the teams play and then I'll give you the order that they're in, okay? Okay. All right, here we go.
Now that you heard all of them, are you ready for this list? I don't know. And number, sorry? I said judging from past list, the answer is no, but I'm willing to give it a shot. At number 10, we have Val Venus. Okay, well, that deserved to be at the bottom of the list, so I appreciate that. At number 9, we have Rikishi. Oh, that should, that should have been higher. That hurts my heart. At number eight, we have Daniel Bryan. Once again, that should have been higher. At number seven, Braun Strowman. Oh, boo. You mean to tell me too cool loss to Braun Strowman? Oh, fuck. At number six, we have Christian. Oh, boy. That opera one that he used to have. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Here are your top five. Number five, Sami Zayn. Really, that made top five. Really. <laughs> you know what? I heard the whole theme the other day. I'm like, okay. Except for the beginning. It's not the greatest. Yeah, well. Number four, Mick Foley. Okay. Here are your top three. At number three, Brock Lesnar. Okay. Number two, The Undertaker. Oh, boo. And number one, The Fiend. I, I agree with that. She, she redeemed herself with her number one pick. <laughs> right. That's right. When I saw this, I'm like, I think uh, Ben will uh, be okay with this list. He won't have a conniption. No, no, no. The, the first and last pick were very, very good. Okay, of course, uh, before we get into our, our uh, Time Warp and Retro King of the Ring review, um, we will go into commercial. Because I'm getting the sign from the executive producer. Okay. All right, Ben, we are going to get into time warp. Um, we are not going to have any continental wrestling this week. Uh, the February 7th uh, episode, I'm going to re record. I'm going to record a couple of other ones for future episodes. For tonight, we are going to look at WWF King of the Ring 1993. And I'm excited about this one, man. Now, this one took place from the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio on Sunday, June 13th, 1993. And the qualifying matches began on the May 3rd episode of Monday Night Raw. So, Ben, let's get into this pay-per-view. Very cool. The first... Okay, now, there was one dark match which had Papa Shango defeating Owen Hart for the USWA Championship. Now, at this point, uh, USWA and WBF had a working relationship uh, where they did somewhat of an invasion angle. And I believe it was around that time, uh, the Make Memphis, which we reviewed on the past episode, where um, the Mr. McMahon character first showed up. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this was part of that deal with uh, USWA and the WBF. That's cool. I didn't so, know that. So the first match 
was a King of the Ring quarterfinal with Bret Hart defeating Razor Ramon. Yeah, um, you know, and, and for the first match of a fucking King of the Ring tournament, take notes. This is how you book tournaments. Okay, like, this, no, this is how I wish, you know, WrestleMania 9 had been booked. Remember, they had the, the big tournament, and it just went on and on and on with, you know, five-minute matches and stuff, and then I had suggested, okay, why don't you just do, like, the semifinals and the finals? You know, th- this is how I'm uh, trying to... Say, say, say it again. What tournament were you talking about? The one they did at WrestleMania 9 that I didn't like, because they had a bunch of short matches. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, I must have missed it, because uh, I remember the tournaments. I remember uh, they did they did the double winners at the WrestleMania 10. But yeah, oh yeah, I remember they had the, all those short matches that brought back Lynn Reese from home one, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, um, I get what you're saying now, yeah. So, but uh, what a way to kick off a tournament. Bret Hart and Razor Ramon, take my money, goddamn. And of uh, course, uh, this was another rematch uh, from Royal Rumble 93. Absolutely, and which um, we reviewed on a more most recent episode. Yes, and so you know story storytelling and contingency, right? Or not con- continuity? Contingency. What the? <laughs> I, 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 I meant to say con- continuity. Yes, my contingency plan is not to sound like a dumbass live on my show. But, uh, no con- continuity. Um, is is wonderful, and we're starting to get that on the current raw product. Thanks, All right. And next, but anyway, next we have Mr. Perfect versus Mr. Hughes. I I could have done with without this match. I I could I could have done without this one and the uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Hacksaw. You know, Ben. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about the Mr. Mr. Hughes character? Um, well, to be honest with you, I, uh, you know, I wasn't too impressed with it. I, um, I, I don't really, I didn't really like it. I also found it kind of weird, like when he was feeling with the Undertaker. I mean, Harvey Whippleman took out Paul Bearer and they stole the Undertaker's urn and stuff. Well, yeah, because remember, because uh, remember, um, uh, you know, Paul Bear had gotten the, uh, the the urn back from uh, from Harvey Whippleman and, and Johnny Gonzalez. Yeah. You know, so it, apparently, apparently Harvey Whippleman was pulling double duty with uh, Mr. Hughes and Johnny Gonzalez. But I'm just saying, like, from one bad feud to another bad feud, it was just I didn't like it. No, I didn't like it either, and. Um, and the match with uh, uh, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Bam Bam Bigelow was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these matches, they they just were not uh, were not necessary. And then and then the other, and I swear I swear we're gonna get into the part that I enjoyed. The the big story of this pay per view was uh, Bret Hart, which of course you know he wrestled three times. He wrestled uh, you know as we just went over. Um, uh, Razor Ramon. That was a that was a very good match. 
Uh, and then, uh, then he also wrestled Mr. Perfect. And, um, and, uh, oh, who was the, who, who was the last one? Well, let me see. Uh, um, actually, the, the last one he faced was Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event. Okay, cool. In the finals. Yeah, and the the other important part to to note about this tournament, right? So the the first round matches were fifteen minutes long, and that came into play because um, Lex Luger and. Uh, yeah, I mean, what a fucking random matchup. I mean, oh, I know... This will play... Oh, go on. Go on. I mean, I, I understand that Tatanka was undefeated at the time. So it's like that, I understand. But it's just like, holy crap, how random is this? But actually, it's not because a year later, um, uh, Tatanka is going to turn heel and he's going to feud with Luger. Oh Lord! So this was an actual feud uh, around ninety four, ninety five, because Tatanka joined um, Teddy Biasi's million dollar corporation. Yeah, uh, I know. Along, along with Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> well, no, Bam Bam should never have been in the corporation, but yeah. that's my my opinion. Yeah. Um. But um. But any anywho, um, I just. Not knowing, not knowing any of that, I, I just, I really thought that this was a, a random decision to have Lex Luger uh, go to a time limit draw, especially after that they uh, debuted him in such big fashion. Right? How far did he go down from the narcissist to made in the USA Lex Luger? <laughs> yeah. Well. well and and you know I'm not just saying this because because I just watched the rumble. I actually I actually re- remember this a, a little bit. Okay. Um, you know when 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 Luger came in as the narcissist, they were I I felt like they were really trying to push him as like the next um guy mm-hmm. and. And Lex Luger was was very very good, but he he wasn't. I'm talking like as a character. I never I never thought that Lex Luger was a good wrestler. Um, and I so I think that they were trying to push him as like the next top guy, and then they, and then they saw that it wasn't working, and and it he just never quite reached the heights that he did in uh, WCW. Okay. Um, so what next? Uh, next up, we have. Oh, what? Um, so ne- next up, we have. Let me see if I can. It was uh, after Lexi was Bret Hart and Perfect. Oh, uh, well, Bret Hart versus Mister Perfect. What a fucking. What a fucking match. Another rematch from SummerSlam 91. Uh, but, I mean, holy shit. Yeah, let me, I, I, I confess, right? So I just told you that I, um, you know, I had not bought a pay-per-view until 2009. So I was, I was blissfully ignorant to the, all the pay-per-views prior 
to that. Okay, and and this was one of those one of those pay per views that I had never seen. That's why I love the the, the retro pay per view reviews that we do. Yep. Um, I like that even more than wrestling roulette by a long shot. Uh, but um, but good God, what a, what a gem this was! What a fucking clinic! I mean, out fucking standing. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I can't even review it and and, and do it justice. It, it's the best that I can, that I can tell you is that. Queue up King of the Ring '93 on Peacock, or if you're listening to us outside of the outside of the U.S. on WWE Network, and 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 go to to, to this match in particular. That match and and the main event that he that Brett had with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, but especially with Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Uh, watching that and realizing that Mr. Perfect never won a world title is a goddamn travesty. It's a travesty of justice. I, it's like, wow. Yep. He was only, uh, for, for, uh, for as far as I remember, he was only ever Intercontinental Champion. Outside of WF, he was the AWA World Champion. Right, but I, but I'm I'm talking about specifically in the WWE. No, I know outside. I'm saying outside of WWF, he was only ever AWA world champion. In WWF, he should he could have been. They should have given him at least one run with the championship. Yeah, and then I I have to I have to admit to you, I was somewhat dubious about Hogan versus Yoko. Um. Because of because I I had already seen their uh, the stuff at WrestleMania nine, so I really didn't want to see it again. Yep. At uh, this this thing, but th- this thing was much better than the WrestleMania nine. Now, it, at this time, I'm 19 years old. I'm at my friend's house, and we were watching this. And we all three of us, because uh, it was him and his brother and myself. Right. All three of us were just sick of Hogan at this point, and we just wanted to see someone else as a world champion. So when uh, the cameraman uh, jumped up on the apron, threw that fireball in Hogan's eyes, and we found that it was actually Harvey, Harvey Whippleman, and then Yokozuna uh, dropped the uh, bonsai on Hogan for the three count. We just like jumped off the couch because we were so happy that someone finally beat Hogan and got that belt off him. Yeah, well, it was, it was time, and you know, uh, 1993 was the year of Yoko. And now, um, of course, we already we all know after that Hogan went to WCW. It was on his way out. But at this time, yeah, WF was doing a tour over in the UK, so he was still cutting promos for the European tour. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it was funny because they were they were mentioning how um, how Hogan was getting a little bit older, and uh, you know, he was slimming down. Meanwhile, meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, he, he was slimming down because. 
uh, you know, in '94 they had a they, they had a um, a shit storm coming their way, so they were, I think they were trying to get ready to, um, for that because Hogan was noticeably uh, skinnier. Well, did, did they say he was getting older? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like 40 years old in '93. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and and like and and look, I'll say this about Hogan. Of course, I know what he means to the overall legacy of wrestling. Of course, I understand that. Um, but, but um, but in, in the ring, I just I was never a fan of of Hogan. Like the the character and all that. Yes, of course, I loved it. I watched all of his shitty movies. Well, not all of them, thank Christ. But ben, uh, ben, ben, yeah, I have to apologize because remember, I that Hulk Hogan uh, worst movie tournament that I said I had up on my TikTok. Yes, I had. I took that list. I went through all of the movies. They were as bad as as uh, I said they were. They oh. even worse. And I I just watched McKinsey's Island yesterday. And uh, after that was uh, Mr. Nanny, and my God, he's <laughs> god awful. Even Gremlins, <laughs> Gremlins Two was bad. Well, I mean, why would you subject yourself to Mr. Nanny? I don't know. Wait, you know what? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'll tell you what I got out of it. I got a one-hour nap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, even Gremlins Two was bad, and I've never seen Gremlins One. But I'm not a fan of the Gremlin movies, anyways. And I and I have part two on VHS, and I've never watched it until yesterday. Until yesterday. Oh, okay. So yeah, his movies are just terrible. All right. Well. Uh, Go on. But I mean, this match wasn't terrible. No, it's match. Uh, no, like I said, my friends and I jumped off of the couch when uh, Hogan lost. We we never been yeah. so happy. And when when, uh, when Harvey Wilbelman jumped up on the uh, apron, described the this disguised as the camera guy, and blew the uh, fireball in Hogan's face no, with the something. with the exploding camera lens, I was like, I, the first thing I thought was, God, God damn, Hogan loves his fireballs between this spot and the spot that he did with the uh, Ultimate Warrior. But, 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 I, I just thought of something. What's that? Could it be, could Harvey Whippleman be the original wizard with the fireball? Uh, yeah, he could be. Chris Jericho, would he, I think we might have a problem here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's very true. Um. Well, and I'll tell you this one. This one was executed flawlessly compared to the one that, he, um, that Hogan tried to do with um, Ultimate Warrior a few years later. Um, but yeah, usually, usually I'm very bored with the structure of uh, Hogan matches. You know, I loved everything else surrounding him. And of course, when I was young, I didn't notice, you know, the repetitive nature of what what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but you know, you got to give respect to him. You know, he changed the business, and 
obviously was one of the biggest draws. Now, moving on, um, you know, uh, like I said earlier, I was very disappointed with the match that Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Bam Bam Bigelow had because, like, you know, if you guys know anything about Bam Bam Bigelow, you know how freakishly athletic he is. He was despite his size. I mean, this guy. That, the drop kicks that he executed, like the cartwheels he used to do. Yeah, I mean that. And I mean that guy was just a freak athlete. Just you know, if you if you really think about it, you know, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I found this video of him when he was actually getting the flames tattooed on his head. Mm-hmm. But can can you imagine running into Bam Bam Bigelow in a bar back? I mean, back in the nineties. I mean, it's it's weird today to have somebody with their head tattooed. But can can you imagine what it must have felt like back in the early nineties? And you walk in somewhere and there's this fucking guy with with flames on his fucking head. All right. But of course, nobody's gonna say shit to Bam Bam Bigelow about that. No, like, yeah, it looks great. Thank you. Don't kill me. Um, but, but yeah, I, I was always a big fan of Bam Bam Bigelow, and um, I was glad that his match with Bret Hart was much better than the one he had with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. So, a um, couple of things I noticed about this match. First of all, um, the the ref. It was actually the son of uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, it was Julian Morella. Okay, I I was I didn't uh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, and um, I actually um, the last time you mentioned Julian Morella on a pay per view, I forget which one it was, but then that's when I looked him up. Uh, this must have been a year or two ago at this point. I I looked it up, and apparently he died in a car accident. He was like yeah. thirty one or something. Yeah. Um, so that was very sad. Um, but yeah, I got, I got a kick out of seeing him in this. Um, but yeah, yeah th- this, this match with, uh, with Brett was awesome. It, you know, Brett was extremely good at what he did. Um, and, and they were selling, um, they were selling the fact that Brett Hart had so much heart because of already going through a match and then, um, but the ending is where um, this match got really interesting because um, I couldn't tell if if um, the Fink messed up or if it was part of the uh, part of the plan to do this. So um, Luna comes out with a chair behind the ref's back and. And hits Brett in the face, or hits Brett in the back, and um, and Bamman rolls him back in, hits a hits a headbutt off the top, and gets the the three count on um, on uh, Hart, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, one of the Hebners, I couldn't tell which one, whether it was Dave or Earl, um, you know, comes comes running down in his talking to um, Joey Morella and he's like, no, he hit him with the chair and, you know, he's miming all this stuff and, and they're talking to um, to the Fink and um, he, the Fink gets on the mic and, and he goes, you know, you're, you're with, 
before any of this happens, he gets on the mic and he goes, "You're a winner, bam, bam, big low," and then and then, and then he messes up again, again, and and um says that the the decision has been reversed, and and your winner is uh, Bret Hart, and just, and then they're like, "No, no, no, the match is restarting." So I don't know if if they if they did that on purpose to create confusion. Or if that was a if that was a mess up on uh, on uh, the things part, but either way, it played off well to uh, you know as to what the hell happened here. Um, and I, I wish they had more spots like this where the referees could be like, you know, okay, I realize I messed up. We're gonna restart the match, you know, because nowadays both companies make the refs look like babbling buffoons you know it's, it's just it's just really stupid and now before this uh, there, there were two random matches they had Shawn Michaels uh, defeating Shawn Michaels versus Crush and they had a random tag team match uh, Smoking Guns and Steiners versus Edge Shrinkers and Money Inc yeah and, and I actually you know what to be honest with you I fast forwarded through that one because I was just, I, I just said you know I don't need to, I don't need, this doesn't add anything to the overall show. You know, I, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, so, so and, and it just, it, it shortened my, my workload because I had also, um, I had also just watched uh, SummerSlam the night before. So I was pretty wrestled out at, at this point. I don't forget the very, very end uh, the, during the coronation. And, yeah, and so Bret Hart gets coordinated after beating um, after beating uh, Bam Bam, and like I said, this this is probably one of the most memorable nights of Bret Hart's career, having delivered on the skill he did three times. Um, but the pay per view ends with a confrontation between him and Jerry Lawler as to like who the real king is. And so I believe that that's what started their feud. Yep. And uh, what started Bret Hart going after, or uh, Jerry Lawler going after Bret Hart's parents. Now, uh, oh, go on. But yeah, I mean, this was this was easily the best show I've seen from '93 by a long shot. And Bret Hart now a two-time King of the Ring winner. Absolutely. As he won King of the Ring 1991 as well. And I wish those ones were available so we could actually, so we could watch those and see what they were like back then. Well, and and, and that was confusing to me because multiple times they said that this was the first ever King of the Ring, and I'm like, I don't think so. Maybe the first King of the Ring pay-per-view, but it wasn't the first King of the Ring the first one took place on uh, in 1985. We reviewed that. Well, yeah, I know, I know. That's what that's why I was confused. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what they meant. The first King of the Ring yeah. paper. But I was like, wait a minute, it's not the first King of the Ring. Yeah, no, I, I was. Uh, I think they meant that's the first King of the Ring pay per view. Right. Okay. And I'm I'm well into 1994. I'm uh, quickly. Uh, Approaching King of the Ring 94, but I mean, I can actually wait until we do a Survivor Series and Rumble. 
Because we, we were skipping us meaning we already did number 10 on the Scott Hall tribute show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, after, uh, after, um, Survivors after, after Royal Rumble 94, we moved right on King and Ray 94. That should be fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, that should be very fun. Um, and speaking of fun, uh, this, this show has been fun because we're actually talking about, like, we we actually have fun with with wrestling this yep. week, which is such a which is such a refreshing change of pace. So. Is, is that all we have for King of the Ring? Yes, sir. All right, so um, we will be back shortly with the final segment, of course, wrestling roulette. Absolutely. Alrighty, it's time for Wrestling Roulette. I played 10 seconds of 21 clips. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first Yes, sir. Alright, here we go. Well, not getting off to a good start here, but I don't know. That are, that is the Blue Brothers. Oh, Lord. You remember Jacob and Eli Blue? No. Oh, oh. Uh, you, no. Would know the, you would know them better as Ron and Don Harris, disciples of Apocalypse. Oh, okay. Yeah. They came in uh, as managed by uh, Dutch Mantel. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, around 95. All right, here we are, number two. The man now known by his government name, Paul White. I wish they would bring back Captain Insano. It's, It's the big show. And this was the terrible version. This is a reckless intent version. Now crank it up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so one in one. Here we go. Track three. Poor Jillian Hall getting that growth bitten off her face by the boogeyman. Ben, you have to listen to the whole theme. This theme is like really weird. I love this theme. Okay. It's like just out there. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Here we go. Sure. That is Gail Kim. Oh god, that's terrible. <laughs> Here we go, track five. Here we go. Um Ashley Masaro. Three and two. Alright, here we go. Uh, 
that John Laurinaitis? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, at least he, at least he's, he got his walking papers. Four and two. Okay, here we go. Track seven. The Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys. Five and two. All right, here we go. Track number eight. Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane. Six and two. Track nine coming up. This is a shot in the dark, but is that Sean Stasiak? No. That is Christian. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, seven, uh, no, six and three. Yeah. All right, here we go. Track number 10. Yokozuna? Yokozuna. Seven and three. Another shot in the dark. Is that Hardcore Holly? No, that is Tommy Dreamer. Oh, well, that, that version sucked. Bring back the Alice in Chains version. <laughs> right. You get shit. <laughs> Seven and four. You know what? You know, you, you, just to have fun and just for shit's sake giggles, we're not going to count that one, only because Alice in Chains is one of my favorite bands ever, and I'm, I'm protesting that night. Having that one on the list. All right, we're gonna. Oh, okay. We are still seven and three. Yes. <laughs> Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin. <laughs> Eight three. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. It's nine and three. Bro. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Ten and three. And this is a new one that they released. It's called We Up. What? Oh my, oh my God. Fuck off. <laughs> All right, ten and yeah, ten and three. I'm not sure. That is Chief Morley. Well, no wonder I don't know. Who gives a fuck? All right, ten and five. <laughs> 
Uh, ben, where are producers? You mean, you, you mean uh, nine and four, I think? Nine and, uh, nine and, yeah, nine and four. Okay. You know, we're going to jump off here real quick. We'll be right back to finish up Wrestling Roulette. How dare our executive producer interfere with us? I'm going I to, know. I'm going, I'm going to give him an earful off the air. You're fucking with one of my favorite segments. We'll right? All right. Uh, ben had a word with our producer because how dare you interrupt our final segment? I mean, you couldn't just give us this one segment to sign off for the week. Really, you had to cut in. I know, seriously. Oh, so I'm gonna go. pull. I I would pull a Vince McMahonism on you, but I'm celebrating his departure. <laughs> All right, so uh, we uh, calculated scores just to keep updated, and uh, Ben, you are ten and four. Absolutely. All right, here's your next one, number fifteen. Here we go. It's uh, Steve Blackman. No, that is the big boss man. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. No, you know what? I kicked myself on on Friday night because even I uh, didn't get this one. We had what? this on on the show. On the and who, and who did you guess? Um, I guess like Rhino or something, and uh, yeah, neither uh, neither me or Clay got. I forget who uh, he guessed, but yeah, we both kick ourselves. Yeah, t- okay, ten and five. My bad, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. I have never <laughs> in the history of this segment, I have never heard that song ever, and I've never been so confused in my life. That is Mansoor. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, let, me, let me say a little more of this because I'm confused by that. I mean, I, I would have never got that, but I suppose, I, you know, I, prior to this gimmick switch with the maximum male models, I don't I don't know what, which one's worse. Him only showing up once or twice a year in Saudi Arabia, which are shows that I absolutely fucking hate that we don't even talk about on this fucking show, unless it involves The Undertaker almost dying or The, or the Fiend being destroyed courtesy of Goldberg. Goldberg did, did a lot of damage in Saudi Arabia. In, in case you've been living under a rock. But it, it's, wow. Holy yeah, shit. Th- th- this is called the Falcon Soars. All right, 10 and 6. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That is Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Well, I apparently I just read the the spoilers. Apparently, they won the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles tonight. Oh, so. 
Wow. I mean, I don't. Yes, you can have your happy time later. Uh, no, I'm just being an asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't watch NXT on a weekly basis. I might, I might start, I might start now. The Triple H is teasing a little bit of change in that department oh, too. Okay, t- ten and seven. All right. All right, track eighteen. Here we go. That is early as fuck, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. All right, uh, 11 and... 8. 11 and 8, here we go, track 19. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I shall now call him simply Ciampa. 12 and 8, and Ben... Yeah, I've been making my list, ranking, like rating all these themes. I already got to try to Master Chapter continuous at the top of my list. Yeah, I gave this one a four star. I love this theme. Oh yeah, I do too. Like that, no, that, that no one else survives is one of my favorite bits. Yep. All right, so twelve and eight. Here we go. Shag twenty. Shag twenty. Here we go. Ricochet. No, it was uh, track uh, 21. This is the last track. Because uh, 13 and 8. Okay. So, yep, there we go. That's it. Um, Let's see what would have been next, Ben. Are you ready? Yep. guess that I really that that is that is um oh what the um the commandant so that was uh when uh they had that commandant guy in 97 along with the jackal and the sniper and um recon oh god went on to clearly somebody had a military fetish back in 1997 in WWE went on to be known as uh Kurgan yeah, because Kurgan was known as uh, Recon, and then his partner there was Sniper, and they had the Commandant, and they had the Jackal. Oh, uh, God. Don Callis. Well, I prefer the oddities over uh, over Kurgan's previous gimmick. Oh, hold on. That's what they were, the Truth Commission. That's That was the name of the faction. They were the okay. Truth Commission. Yeah. All right. I cool. guess uh, they were kind of there to like defend Bret Hart when he was like a heel. He was like uh, trying to fighting all the injustice that was going on. Yeah, it, well, it, I'll tell you what it um, it really fed in well with uh, with his eventual exit. Yeah. You know, but uh, I, I don't know. All right, so. Um... 
Boise Range Week show to a close. Absolutely. That was a very good way to end it. I had a very good day this on the... A, uh, this was one of my favorite episodes. This was a fun episode. Why, why is that? Because we got to be so positive? Yeah, like, we didn't have anything to complain about when you said we just came out and we had fun. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty cool. Alright, so um, that's it for another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will be back on Saturday. Uh, ben, we've got uh, the rest of this week. We have Dynamite. Um, um, all are watching NXT later on. Then, of course, we have SmackDown. Hopefully, we get a good one this week. And, of course, our retro review. Well, I'm going to see if we can, I can get one recorded for the CWA. Um, but aside from that, we will have Survivor Series 93. Very good, man. And uh, that should be an interesting one. Absolutely. Which uh, will pit the Hart family against Jerry Lawler's uh, court. Jerry Lawler's court. I love it. Jerry Lawler's like Knights of the whatever he Knights of the King's Table or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, Knights of the King's Table. That's it. Oh, very cool. They had all these weird names uh, for the early Survivor Series. I can't even keep track. I know. But uh, that's what we'll have on Saturday. So I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Thanks for hanging out with us, and I know it was slightly different tone-wise, but hopefully you guys have fun, and we continue to have fun under the new regime. God bless Triple H.